Welcome to Proud by Her. This is a podcast that will be highlighting some amazing music producers and engineers out there kicking butt in the music industry. We'll cover what they make, how they make it, what drives them, and how they got to where they are today. We'll hear about their process, gear, superpowers, and much, much more. It'll be techy and hopefully enlightening and inspiring for other music makers or anyone interested in good stories. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our page on your preferred streaming site and follow us on Instagram with the handle prodbyher to stay up to date on new episodes. My name is Christina Nilsson. I'm a songwriter, producer, and singer, and I will be your host on the journey to get to know the producers that we'll be interviewing. Let's get started. Our guest today, Sadie Curry and Esther Na, first met when they were both students at Berklee College of Music. Together, they are the music production duo, The Wild Cards. They both started out in music as performers and multi-instrumentalists, but soon realized they had a rare songwriting and production chemistry that made them a perfect fit to link up and make music with and for other artists as well. This team has quickly made a name for themselves in the pop and R&B world with their unique melodies and versatile production skills. They've produced for a variety of artists, from the giant South Korean pop group EXO to the U.S. pop artists Justin Park and Carly Page. And they've co-written tracks with established industry names such as Nikki Flores, Britt Burton, Carmen Rees, and more. They've also worked on several major film projects, including Universal Pictures, Pitch Perfect 3, and 20th Century Fox, Bad Times at the El Royale. I first found out about the Wild Cards as I was reading about an all-women songwriting camp hosted by the organization She's the Music to write songs for and with Mary J. Blige, and got curious to learn more about them. After moving to LA in 2016 with the goal of growing their music career, they caught the attention of the eight times Grammy award-winning producer Harvey Mason Jr., with whom they've signed and are now working with on a daily basis, cultivating the music and talent that inspires them. I can't wait to share their stories. So with that, let's dive into the episode, Prod by the Wildcards. I'm so excited to visit you guys in your studio and to have you as guests on this podcast. Um, the way I usually do this is uh, I warm up a little bit by handing you guys 10 quick questions just to kind of get the light stuff. Um, and so let's start by talking about one at a time and say your name first so we know who you are. Uh, where are you from and where do you live and work now? Hi, my name is Esther Na. Uh, I'm from Vienna, Austria. And I work here in LA uh, with uh, my partner Sadie um, as the wild cards. And yeah. And yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So my name is Sadie and I'm from Columbia, Missouri. Uh, live in LA for the past three years. And yeah, work with Esther as the wild cards. Yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your educa- education? Let's start uh, with Esther. Okay, my education goes way back. I studied classical cello. That's my first instrument. And then uh, I switched over to jazz piano. And uh, Is this in college or is this in... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, I went to college actually at the age of 13. That's why it sounds a little weird. She was so a virtuoso. Like, what? That's <laughs> what so. she's not telling me. <laughs> she was a child prodigy. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> you but, went to college when you were 13. Yeah, so I got picked up at the age of 13 as a classical cello, like in the University of Vienna. And studied there until the age of 18. Wow. And then I really wanted to do jazz piano because I loved improvising. I started improvising and then I did uh, jazz piano after high school 
and then I graduated, and then I performed a little bit with my band uh, throughout Austria and Europe, and then I really wanted to do uh, music production, but I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't even know what DAW was. And I always wanted to study at Berklee College of Music. So I uh, decided to apply there, did the audition, and then um, got in. And I studied there contemporary writing and production. And uh, yeah, that's... Wow. That's, that's your education. That's, that's my that's, education. That's a pretty Formal. solid yeah. <laughs> education. I, yeah, I, it was a two-long wow. education. Like, And what was the, what was the, um, the program in college you guys studied? It was called CWP, a Contemporary Writing and Production. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. And Sadie? Yeah. So I, um, I always wanted to go to Berkeley. Uh, like I grew up playing bluegrass fiddle, and like that was kind of like my goal was to be a bluegrass fiddle player in a band and like kind of front a band and just like I don't know, that's what I wanted to do. And um, found out about Berkeley because there was like a really good bluegrass community there and like a couple of like really good players had gone there before and it seemed like there was a support program within the school that wasn't in other schools in the U.S. So I was like, why not go there? Auditioned, um, got in and then went and just like started studying and like, you know, found my bluegrass band, like formed that and like kind of like did that thing, was super heavily involved in the Roots Music Program and then slowly like got uh, exposed to more and more styles. Just being around Berkeley, you're like, you know, you have to do a lot of different stuff. It's not just bluegrass, it was also jazz and I was hearing gypsy jazz in my private lessons. So then I started hearing all these styles and slowly I took an elective um, just for the fun because I had a teacher that I really liked and he was teaching that class and I was like, I wanna work with him again. So I took this elective called groove writing and that was just like this class where he would ask us to program a different groove every week that was representative of what, whatever we were focusing on. So a lot of it was like, first we would focus on like, we did a week on like Motown music and then like a week on, and then that evolved into funk. And then we did like um, a study of like Latin American styles where we were just looking at the various styles within that, like samba and like Latin pop and just like, figuring out what that was and then you go back home and like work on it in GarageBand and like program something and it didn't have to be good but then I just got so into that of like how can I make this sound good like what I'm hearing on these great records like I want to recreate that and so I eventually just like loved that class so much and then kind of got into production through that you know just pursuing that more and like taking more of the production classes at Berkeley got me into that and then totally switched gears like kind of left the bluegrass fiddle behind and uh just like stayed in the studio and like figured out what I wanted to do and like how to make it in that industry with record producing she really lived in the studio yeah <laughs> she was the one that we would see like in the morning at, at night sometimes <laughs> sleeping in the studio that's yeah so, that's yeah. super interesting like to switch from bluegrass to yeah, I was totally unexpected. Like my parents, I thought I was going to live in Nashville. Like my dad was hoping that I would move there because like he's also a musician and that's where he's from. And like I totally was on that track. Like I never would have guessed that I would live in Los Angeles ever. Never. Yeah. 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 And on top, I have to say she was pretty uh, famous because like she would <laughs> win all the competitions 
And like, what kind of competition? Like, uh, there was like this production competition. What is it called? It was called the Scorathon. There was like this thing where like this. Um, it was like a film company in Florida came to the school and was like, we want to host this 24-hour like score to like a short documentary clip. And like you just had to like sit down in a room and just like write the music within 24 hours. And then they would shoot, pick the best like top five. So I was just like, and they like selected me to be a part of it. And I was like, oh my God, like how, why am I doing this? Like I almost like backed out because I was so nervous. I was just like, I can't do this. And then I like did it and I was just like, if I can just get through this and just like make it so I don't embarrass myself, then I'll be okay. And so like, and then it like, I ended up winning the thing and I was like, dang, like that's crazy. So, but yeah, stuff like that. That was fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, when did you guys write your first ever song and what was that like? Do you remember? Yes. So that was in Berkeley and I was uh, taking this class called orchestra, writing for orchestra. And uh, I had basically written this motif and, um, and that's my strength. Like I, I'm, I can come up with the melody And because I'm a string player, I'm a violinist. So like I had, you know, played this on my violin, recorded it, and then I just couldn't find, I had come up with a progression underneath, but a lot of my teachers were like, you need, you need a little bit better harmonic structure. You need some more variety. And so I was kind of stuck because that, that just wasn't, you know, that's not what I'm good at. So um, at that time, like I had, I knew Esther and I had helped her with like, something with like drum programming or something like that because I worked in the labs as a student work study and so I'd helped her out and she was like hey if you ever need a piano player like I'm really good with chords just let me know so I was like great she owes me one so I'll ask her to like help me <laughs> so I asked her and she was like yeah sure I'll help you out this is great I love doing this and so she rented like a piano practice room and then like sat with me for four hours And like hashed this like chord progression out and came out with like an amazing chord progression for this song and just like helped build the structure underneath this melody. And this is the first time you guys do anything together. Is yeah. it the first time you guys met? Mm -hmm. No, we no. Had, we knew each other before then. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, but we had never like worked together. And then, yeah, she like really helped me. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like nobody's ever spent like four hours of their time for free for me. <laughs> so like, this is great. <laughs> And it turned out to be a great piece, too. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was, yeah, I guess our first, technically our first song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, did, was this your first song, too? That Are you asking the first song in my life? Yeah, in your life. Like, oh, arrangement ever? or just like, yeah. No, it could be whatever you consider a song. Okay. I think my f very first song was when I was uh, still in Vienna. And I, so I was, my dad is a, preacher, pastor, and he uh, told me, okay, like, why don't you write a song for the worship band? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to give it a try. And I I really um, am not good with words, but I just like really took me eight hours, I think, to write the song. And I think it was, I think I must have been I don't know, like 16 or 17. When I go back, I can't listen to it anymore because it's really <laughs> embarrassing. But um, that's where I started uh, writing more and more songs. Uh, what's your DAW? Ableton. Yep. Has it always been? Nope. 
<laughs> I mean, I started with GarageBand. Me too. <laughs> GarageBand, then went to I mean, Digital Performer. Exactly. A Reason, I really loved Reason. Yeah, it was Reason too. But then I felt a little limited, so I uh, changed to Logic, and then from Logic to Ableton. What was that switch? Why, why from Logic to Ableton? That's an uh, in, uh, interesting question because we, as soon as we started uh, working with Harvey, there was another producer and uh, he uh, was using Ableton and he showed us um, how fast he can turn around like the audio warping and um, the song. And he was like, uh, kind of like uh, brainwashing us. You, you have to switch to Ableton. He made it look really good. <laughs> but I have to say, like, yeah. I was watching him and I'm like, this looks amazing. Like, I yeah. think I will use this. And just, I don't, yeah, it's really cool. Not to say that Ableton's faster. I think like any DAW is like... If it works for you, it works for you. I don't think there's a right one, but for some reason, like using Ableton has been amazing. Like I haven't looked back since. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting to hear how people see it because they're such a like, oh, I would never, you know, do this. I would only do this one or whatever. Sometimes like I would be like, man, I wish I could go back to Logic because I think the mixing capabilities are a lot better or you can track vocals in Logic way more than like Ableton is like I still go back to Pro Tools and track vocals but it'd be so much better if I just had one DAW that I just did everything in yeah but whatever you know (laughs) maybe I'll switch maybe we'll switch again for now we're 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 Ableton yeah Yeah. what's uh, your favorite top favorite plugins do you want to go first or should I go first you can go first like what Numbers or like how many, like the <laughs> doesn't very, matter the only one like the ones that just pop into your head. Uh, Valhalla, yeah, okay. So Valhalla Verb, I love. I used a Capitator from Sound Toys all the time. Um, I use Wolf Compressor from Good Hertz all the time. I use Low High from Good Hertz all the time. Say what? What do you do with the Capitator? Just for, for the listeners. Uh, most of the time, so Decapitator, I put like a lot of distortion on like basses. I'll always put distortion on the bass. Um, anything. Sometimes I'll put it on vocals um, on like parallel processing. I'll put it like on a parallel processing chain and put it on the vocals a little bit. Uh, I'll put it on my drums um, or just for effects if I want something really edgy or aggressive, but all the time on like a bass or lo- something with low end, yeah. And what was the what was the last one you said the the compressor? Low high, yeah, or Wolf compressor? Oh yeah, those are both from Good Hertz. Wolf compressor is really cool. It adds, um, it just gives it. The guy developed it to give it like a you can give it uh, vinyl distortion saturation, so it gives it that kind of like old school feel. Um, Gives it a little bit of like wow function where it's like warping the the audio and the pitch. It's like fluctuating just a tiny bit. Just like adds that low high. I really like because it adds like this. It's not like a high pass filter. It's like um, distorting. It's adding saturation to the high end and like adding a little bit of a cutoff filter. Oh. But it's better than like just having a, a cutoff filter like with an EQ for some reason it just adds that saturation to it which is really nice which you hear like in a lot of like uh, urban pop records or like Drake does that a lot with 40 yeah so that's what I've been like I love using that stuff all the time cool yeah. this is great to hear uh, what about yeah. you Esther? I love um, Futzbox from DSP 
Like as soon as I did, you Instagram about this? Yes, yeah, okay. I did. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I get it. Oh, I think it. you said right. that. That's right. Now I remember. Yeah. Oh, do you like it too? No, I never tried it. I never saw it. She, before you were you like, I got, she it. was like, I got to get this. Like on because oh, I was no. like, oh my god, what's this? Oh my yeah. gosh, super, super no, cool. it is Tell us about so it. amazing. Like you can um, simulate a many different um, like analog. Um, years through it so if you want to simulate like a telephone from the 1960s it just goes through and uh it's just the audio signal it's just like really amazing how you can like create so many different sounds and uh i just i could you know play around with four hours and hours so that's one of my favorites and um i really like is it a new love or a love that you've had for a while uh i have to say a new love (laughs) 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 because i didn't really know about dsp so much but then as soon as we started you know playing around it was like oh my gosh you know i could really use this in every single song (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so that's really one of my favorite Number two, I have to say, it's uh, the Ableton uh, built-in plugins. So I really love the drum, uh, drum bus. Bu- bus. Yes, yeah, do right. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's amazing. Like how you can really uh, um, <clears throat> tweak around and then make it more punchier, and like with the low end especially and with the kick. And uh, I really love the delay. Um, I forgot the ping name, pong but ping pong delay. Oh, ping pong delay. <laughs> I yeah. use that all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I don't only use it for instruments, but I started also using it with vocals. Like I just, you know, started you know playing around with that. And then, um, yeah, I love isotope. Bu- isotope. Isotope is really we awesome. use a ton of isotope stuff yeah, too. We do. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, I think Valhalla. Yeah, yeah, it's also like, yeah. Yep. so good. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to hear what people are doing. You know, it's like because everyone has their little tweaks that they just, you know. Yeah, your things that you go to. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, give me your favorite microphones for, let's start with vocals. Um, I'd have to say, I mean, all the vocals we've recorded so far have been on the Sony C800. Uh, but we just got our own mic. Um, called the Vanguard V13. Yes. Which is a tube mic, super <laughs> cool mic. We love it so far. It sounds, it's actually modeled after the Sony C800. Okay. So it's like, has that same like pop Christmas, crisp, crispness. No, I can't say anything. But it's been really great. So we're yeah. using that now. Yeah. Um, we actually met the, um, owner and the creator yeah, for the, maker of, the maker of it. Yeah. And it was so interesting because he actually modeled it after C. 800 Sony, yeah. and another one, the second. It was like a telefunken. A telefunken. So he mixed that technique. Model. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you like it? It's just like a good, it, you don't have, I mean, the Sony C800 is like a 10 grand yeah. mic. You know, so like we can't afford that. Like we've used that out of Larrabee, but we're like, we wanted to get something that was, you know, still high quality, but affordable. And like that one is, um, way more affordable and it lasts you, you know, a lifetime and you can use it on anything. You know, it's not just vocals. It can be used for like acoustic guitar, like strings. Um, it's just like a great mic, all around mic, I think for like anything. And yeah. that's what we, you know, nowadays is like the producer, like you need like kind of, sometimes you just need that one microphone you can use on like everything since most of the time recording sessions are happening like one piece at a time, like yeah. get the vocals and then you need a cruise guitar. So you get that like the next day or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
That actually leads me to the next question. So what's your nature, analog or digital? Digital, <laughs> because it's affordable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I could afford it, it would be definitely analog. 100%. Like 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, really, like, one time when I went to this studio, I think it was, like, Secret Genius, like, yeah, Secret last Genius. year, they had uh-huh. analog synthesizers, you know, like, from Oberheim to, like, Moog, and it was crazy. Like, I was just playing around for hours and hours. Yeah, the sounds are incredible. Yeah, there's, there's just, I mean, it, it is good. The digitals are good, and you can debate on that, like, for hours, because some will disagree with what I say. <laughs> but um, the sound itself is just so much more like you know, fresh, and uh, you, you, it's just it's yeah. really rich. Yeah, it's and rich. you can hear it on all the record old records too. Like you just like when you really sit down and you listen, there's this warmth. You know, it's so good. Yeah, but yeah. digital is like also convenient and like works well for yeah. now times. So, do you feel disappointed by digital sometimes if you like if you're such an analog lover or whatever? <laughs> Um, yes and no. I mean, I appreciate the digital fact because as Sadie said, you can afford it. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, if I had more money, like, you know, um, the, I, I am going to buy definitely analog synthesizers. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as instrumentalists, you know, yeah. you, you want a physical instrument in front of you. Yeah. But you do, you guys, since you guys are multi-instrumentalists, you do like record a lot of real instruments, right? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like guitar and violin, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do like some weird things too. For instance, like Sadie um, recorded her sneeze (laughs) and then reversed it. Yeah, but it worked (laughs) really well. (laughs) There was a very great riser. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was, it good was really, yeah. So like all you know, whatever comes out of your mouth, your body, yeah. like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, do you have a favorite producer right now that you sometimes look to uh, for inspiration? Definitely, I love Oakfelder sound so yeah, much. Yeah, Oakfelder is amazing. He yeah. is just um, yeah. Everything about him, I love, and uh, yeah, Demi Lovato. What's what's the song? Sorry, not sorry, 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 not sorry. sorry. Just, oh, and the Kalani, like. Oh my Sweet, gosh! Sexy Savage. Yes, yeah, that album is exactly. really cool. I love that one. Right, um, Greg Kirsten. Yeah, he's really awesome. Like everything, I love. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. so many. Yeah, and also like I think the first uh, producer though like that I was really hooked up was uh, Walter. As- I'm so bad with names, but Afaniyev, like the Mariah, Mariah Carey, Carey guy. Um, oh. I was really into his sounds. Yeah. That's where I actually uh, got into production. Oh, really? Because like I listened to the Hero song from yeah. Mariah Carey and the entire album, and I really loved like the sonic and the um, like analog instrument sounds. Yeah, and with like uh, like digital uh, drums. So like the combination of fusion, I think I really loved it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like, yeah, I guess for me, so the Casey Musgraves, the two producers on like, I think all of the songs on that album were Ian Fitchtuck and Daniel Tashian. I butchered those names, but yeah, I was like, <laughs> I that was one album like that has really caught my ear and just, I don't know, I haven't listened to an album like that for a really long time. And just like, I was like, wow, this is great. And like, just kind of reading 
looking those guys up and like they're not really like there's not a lot of information about them even though they've been doing I think both of them have been in music for like 20 years so they're real pros and they've been doing this for a long time but um it was inspiring because you know it's not like they're out there in the spotlight and yet like they created this amazing work that's so genuine and like true and I think resonated with like a lot of people like the whole album and it's very rare nowadays I think that you can get like a whole 13 track album where every song is amazing yeah you know that's like that's that that happened in the 90s you know but that hasn't happened in a really long time and like I heard that album and I was just like dang like every song I love wow yeah there was actually I read an article about that recently when um Billie Eilish just came out with her album, oh, yeah. and there was like I don't know if it was Billboard or whoever wrote it, but uh, they were like, "This proves that people still are into the idea of a whole, a full story." You know, yeah, like definitely a full, you know, not just one one hit little song thing for three minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. People want to yeah. hear a story, and I think yeah. like that's true. I mean, you can tell that because people will go sit and watch like a two-hour movie, or they'll binge watch like fourteen hours on Netflix, like yeah. if it's a really good story, right? And like. I think people still do have an attention span. It's just like the content has to be worth it. Yeah. The story has to be good. But yeah, I would have to say those two producers inspire me. And like, and I think it was because I read one of their interviews. They don't really have that much out there, but one of the guys was like joking about, yeah, I like, it feels good to actually have done something that I'm proud of, but I also got recognition for it, even though that wasn't what I was aiming for. Like, I never thought anyone but myself would like this. And like, and then another guy was like joking about like, yeah, you know, I almost like quit this and worked at Home Depot and like, cause I just wanted to have a normal life and be around funny people. So I thought Home Depot would be a great place to be. <laughs> He's like, I'm glad I didn't do that. And it's just like, that's so great to hear. And like, you know, comforting in a way. Yeah. Cause like sometimes you're just grinding and like, you don't know, like maybe you think it's awful and you don't know until like you just stick with it and keep yeah. going which is hard to do. You have to like remind yourself every day. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's yeah. actually crazy to hear them say that, that they were like, should we quit music? Yeah. And then they were... Because like that's what they came up with and you're like, what? Like you were thinking that and that's what you were capable of, you know? But, was, like, was that recently he was thinking that or was that like a long time ago he was... A couple of years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, see... If you stick with it, it's all about the grit. Like I know, all of it just it really hanging yeah, totally. in there, right? Because <laughs> I feel it like so hard. As a producer, I feel like we all have some moments where it's just like really hard. And like, I think just like the creative business in general. Back. Like, like sorry to get sidetracked here, but like I just started reading George Lucas's biography. Um, do you know Star Star Wars? So he's the the um, director for that. Like, basically created that whole series and they just talked about like in the beginning when he first made it they were like 20 days over shooting he had like he didn't have enough budget and he thought it was a total failure he was like so depressed that he didn't go to the final party when they finished shooting he locked himself in his hotel room and was like this is a disaster like this isn't gonna go anywhere and like that's star wars <laughs> you know like it it's great and i was just like dang i didn't know that and when i was just and when i started reading that i was like what like that's crazy to me so the, to think that like that huge of a movie franchise, like the first film that he made, he thought when he was in it that it, like this is not going to go anywhere and he this could is have a major just failure. As, yeah, he could just as well have quit. Yeah, right? he could have and, quit and right. just like been like, this isn't, I can't do this anymore. Like, and then we never would have had Star Wars. Yeah. 
crazy. Mm-hmm. I usually think about the Harry Potter books when I'm yeah, in a low place. Yeah, yeah. J.K. Rowling is like another yeah. She was like person. declined how many times? Like 19 times or something. Yeah, or more. exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. just the creative process is like you don't know until you just don't yeah. give up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to chip in here. Sorry, we are literally sidetracking. But like I, I'm also reading a book, um, the David and Goliath book from Malcolm. And uh, they are talking about oh, Malcolm the, Gladwell. Yes, yeah. yes, and they are talking about the imp, uh, impression um, impressionist. What is it called in English? Yeah, the impressionist. Yes, from the art. Yes, the, the art makers. I- impressionism, right? Impression- like in the seventeen hundred. Oh, I don't know, but yes, you tell us. So, like, it's like about like the painters um, now famous, like Renoir, Claude right. Monet. Uh, Paul Cezanne, and they were talking about how, like, in the 1700s, in the Impressionism, I'm so sorry, I don't know how to say it in English, Uh, you know, there was this called Salon, and everyone was um, applying to that. And if you get chosen, you would become like the painter, right? But they had, like, so many failures, they tried it, and they all, like, never got in and one time they got in but the paintings were only there for six weeks and then they got you know down and that's because like there were yeah. very specific like guidelines and like exactly the, the judges of the salon like went for very specific things and like there was a very like this is what's popular and anything that deviates from that isn't good right right and so that's how it was run. exactly and they were um all friends and they said okay you know what like let's just get out of there like, let's not do that anymore. Let's get out of this click and let's uh, uh, create our own um, uh, exhibition. So they rented out this uh, uh, this floor that was uh, empty and um, like Claude Monet and Cézanne, Renoir and like uh, Cézanne Moore, they gathered together and put the um, exhibition out there and um, they were saying it was like the most uh, um, visited uh, exhibition in that era and that was like the uh, most famous one and um, they were like just really true to, to themselves they were really broke as well they were talking about how like uh, Claude Monet was not able to buy uh, bread and that's why like you know uh, Cezanne came and uh, helped him out but when you think about now none of the salon painters you you wouldn't you don't know the names but now they're their exhibitions are worth more than billion dollars. Claude Monet, yeah, yeah, like Claude all Monet. the guys that like were like, right. let's do our own thing. Exactly, they so, broke away from yeah. the past. Yeah, but it, it took them a while, right. and uh, you know, but that's just it, it's history, and his, history repeats itself. So like, I, yep. I, yeah, right. So anyway, no, it's really I will stop talking. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very interesting. Yeah. See, I've talked about this in previous episodes, actually, about like. Okay, you do your thing, you do your thing, but then if you break away and just like follow your heart in yeah. whatever direction that may be, if if it seems like to be the craziest direction, that yeah. might be the right direction, you yeah. know, or like that might Definitely. take you to somewhere you never could have imagined. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Um, so that leads me to the last of the 10 <laughs> that didn't turn out so short, <laughs> which is, no, it's great. <laughs> we are talkers. Yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Um, so... Can you share something music related that you're extra, like a thing or an experience or something you're working on that you're extra proud of at the moment? I think one, I mean, there are so many artists that we are working with right now. Uh, I think there are five uh, artists, especially, and uh, one of the artists is Nikki Flores. Mm -hmm. And um, we really like started working last year 
on uh, many uh, songs and, and, you know, she's uh, preparing also like, you know, getting her music out there. And it's like a combination of like pop, R&B, urban, like how would, how would you say it? Neo soul. Neo soul. Yeah. And um, this is like one of my most exciting projects that I am doing right now. I can talk more. But um, yeah, I think that's one of my exciting Yeah, I things. think it's special yeah. because she's she's a person that is very true to herself. And I think like it's been a real like learning process or like I've learned a lot from her because I think like sometimes when you, I have to say like when I was like working in this LA industry, like you get very into this mindset of like this is how the song has to sound. And like we have to do it like this and we're going to cut vocals in like an hour, two hours and we're going to do it like how I have my process and my chain set up and we're just going to go through this really quickly, you know, and like write the song in four hours and be done and like move on to the next song and like, you know, you just start pumping stuff out and that's good for like some things that's great and some people like they love that process and that's how they thrive creatively. But I think for her, she's a totally different um totally different project you know that she's very like introspective and like you know I would say like a very like musician's musician you know Mm -hmm. so like loves to very creative very creative loves to tweak things around let's try it like five different ways to find the right way you know just like and is that type of person is like I'm not going to put that out there if I don't believe in it you know no matter how good it sounds or how much other people love it like if I don't like it like that's not me and yeah. that's been like a real like learning thing for me because I'm just like, this sounds good. Like you should just do it. Like, you know, but if it's, you know, I, I think I kind of like realized after working with her, like, wow, like, you know, you really do have to do stuff that's like true to yourself and that you believe in. And like as a producer, it's not my job to be like, this is what's good and you should just do it. You know, it's my job to kind of like be the con- conduct or like kind of like the, the vessel I guess through which she flows through to kind of just like be there to like support in yeah. whatever form she needs, but not really like constrict or be like, this is how it is. Right. Yeah. Because like we were talking about, that's another topic, but um, how some producers are very uh, controlling and like, you know, they have their own thoughts and musicality and image. They want to do it. But I feel like I think as a producer, I mean, that's also like... Instead of following the artist, you mean? Exactly. They follow the producers. Exactly. So, yeah. so I feel like, especially with Nikki Flores, who is such an experienced, you know, person and so yeah, talented. Like, I think you just have to let the person do and like, you know, do stuff. And then if we can support her in any kind of way, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. So like, to give her the freedom. Is she, are you working on a full album or like a couple of songs? Like or like a bunch? I think she's yeah. going to release an EP. Yeah. yeah. It's not fixed yet, but yeah. we are working on a couple of songs and then, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But we'll it's see been what really great so far. Yeah. yeah. How did you start working with her? Uh, super randomly. Like we just had like a random session um, with her. And that was when, I think that was like literally our second session in LA. Uh, and so we were super nervous didn't know who she we were like oh my god who are we working with like she has so many like cuts like what are we doing like what if she doesn't like us or this is a waste of her time (laughs) and like but she's like the nicest person ever like she truly is like a like beautiful person just like super nice very genuine and like just came in and was like oh I love this track and like wrote to the track and then left 
and was like, you know, had another session with us. And then like that was a year ago, I think. And then we got back in contact and um, and just like kind of hit it off again. And she, I think she was just really interested in like our musicality and that like just wanted to be around people that had like that musical background and could play instruments and, you know, experiment with chord progressions and melodies and try a lot of different things. And so that's how we like reconnected. Yeah. Cool. Okay, uh, so let's let's do a little deeper dive and and kind of we've already heard sort of your how you started with uh, you know with with music, which is great. So let's kind of take it from your path from okay, so you're in college, you meet, then what happened? Like, how did you guys decide to become the wild cards? Like, how did you get from college first day of college till now? Um, so we. I think we never intended to work together as a yes. team. In fact, sorry, yes, actually, I really didn't intend it to be because, like, I I always had like bad experience with a music production duo. Yeah. So I really didn't want to do it. But I first. think we just—it wasn't that we didn't. It was just like, hey, can you help me do right. this? Yeah. Uh, hey, can you help me do this? And like, we would just so like I think the f- like first year of like kind of knowing each other a little bit better, we like helped each other on stuff, and then. We decided to move out to LA and together. Yeah, that was like a mute. Mu- yep. Had you, but you weren't the wild cards at the time. No. no. Yeah. You were like, let's both move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Okay. <laughs> right after graduation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, actually, like that just sounds weird. I mean, like we're actually like together as a couple. Okay. So like we're dating. So like, <laughs> okay. so like that makes more sense. That like, makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> So like, yeah, so we were like together and we're just like, let's move to LA and like pursue our careers as musicians. So we moved to LA and then like just started trying to like get into the scene here and like, you know, meeting people. And like, it's just crazy when you first move here and you don't know anyone, like it's so hard, you know, to just like, cause all the studios are super closed, you know, and, and people tell you like, oh, like you need to approach people with a skill that you have that they need. And you're like, well, I don't know, like I need... I need them to help to teach me because, like, I don't know what to do. And, like, so it's like a catch-22. Right. And uh, we were just trying to meet people and find opportunities or a gig or a job or something. And then Esther, like, uh, got connected with. So you, when you first moved here, you, you just, like, you moved on a whim. And then you, and that's when you started. Like, you didn't have contacts before. No. Is, like, when we, you were here. I mean, were, that was the thing to do. Like, even it wasn't even on a whim. It was, like, we're going to move there. Yeah. And we're going to make it somehow. We, we basically had like, you know, saved up uh, uh, money for three months. Actually, it wasn't even money I mean, for okay, three months. I, I didn't even have money. Like it was like I the, mo- the first day, the day one I uh, moved out here, I got a sponsorship for three months. That was like really like a like a sign from heaven. A blessing. Wow. Yeah, it was like literally money for three months. So uh, we didn't have any job. We went like job hunting. But at the same time, uh, people were saying, okay, just get any job you can get, even if it's not paid. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because I want You mean any job in music? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, no. And so like, I actually did not apply to so many. And some of my peers were like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? You should like take every opportunity. Like what kind of jobs are you doing? Like assistant, uh, composer. Like going to like know. a studio or like being a runner. Exactly. Like a lot of our friends were like going to studios and just like um, getting running gigs. Right. Which is like, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's I think there's wrong. like, there's many paths. And right. like that's one thing that we kind of learned. Right. But that's one thing that you should be aware of, I think. 
if you move somewhere to like a new city and you want to pursue a career in music, that there's no right, like you right have to wrong. go to a studio and be a runner and like do this and this and this. Like mm-hmm. we realize like everyone has a different thing right. that got them in. Exactly. And and for that, for me, it was 100% true. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I don't think I can survive with that. Yeah. I need a job that pays me a little bit. So um, for three months, we held out. And then um, December 23rd, one day before Christmas Eve, I had this interview with like Harvey Mason Jr. Before that, like a friend of mine um, recommended me to him. And uh, I sent them for a job for, for a job he was him. looking for a, a keyboard player um, programmer, and I sent him my music, and he liked it. And then he was like, "Okay, why don't you come in?" So I did this. I, I, I went in and um, I did this interview for like one hour, and he was like, "Okay, cool." Um, and I told him about Sadie, and uh, that we are working together. So and then yeah, and then the next year, right? He invited us again. Like, yeah, he was like, yeah, invited us again. It was like, okay, like come in for like a test session. And like we had no idea what that meant. And we were like, okay, let's just go like bring our computers and MIDI controller and see what happens. And so we went in and he had, that was the first time I met him. So I talked to him a little bit. And then we were in his big fancy live room in Larrabee Studios and he was like, all right, so um, I'm working on this Netflix series and I need a sound alike of this uh, Jackson 5 song. It's called Sky, Sky Rider. And uh, all right, so I'm going to go get something to eat. I'll see you guys later. Bye. And so he just like walks out <laughs> of the studio and leaves us in this like giant, like, you know, control room, like all by ourselves. And we're just like looking at each other like, oh, okay, I guess that means we have to do this like right now. And so we're just like, I'm just like, okay, I'll do the drums and bass and like you get the keyboards and like everything else in between. And so like we just start like transcribing this song and it's like the worst Jackson 5 song out there. (laughs) Like the Jackson 5 are great, but I've never heard Skywriter before. It's not like one of their, it's not ABC. And, And so I'm just like, what? And the sound recording's like really like, old and like muddy and you can't hardly hear the low end you're just like Ugh, and the bass is like super busy because back in those days it's like Motown bass so it's like playing a lot of little like riffs in between so we're just like oh my god and we're just like working away as fast as we can and then he comes in like four hours later and he's like hi guys like how's it going like you know can I hear something and we were just like yeah like it's really good we got it all but can we like take it home and work on it and send it to you in the morning and he's like yeah sure fine so we take it home. We spend all night. Like by that time, like when he came back in, it was like 9 p.m. And we're just like, we go back home. It's 10 o'clock and we just like work the whole night through. Just like, like really trying to get it to sound really good. Because you want it to sound exactly like the recording. That's the trick. Yeah. And we're, it, you know, we get it to a point where we're like, okay, like this is good enough. Like let's send it to him. So we send it to him. He emails back. and was like, great. I'll listen to it. Thanks so much. And we're like, okay, cool. And like, we kind of like wait around the whole day and like, when you do stuff like that, when it's like your first, like when you're like, this is our only in, like, this is it. Like, like we have to, like, we can't lose this opportunity. (laughs) And so we're like thinking the whole day, like, oh my gosh, maybe it's not good enough. And we're like, we listen to it again. We're like, oh, like we can do a little bit better. And so we like, we like do it again. And then we resend it. We're like, hey, actually, like we listened to it again. We thought like there was a couple of things we wanted to tweak. And so here's like an updated version. So he's like, cool, great, thank you. I'll like get back to you. I mean, we must have bombarded him with like a couple, like four or five versions. <laughs> we did so many revisions throughout the week. We were obviously desperate. But <laughs> um, so then he like 
we didn't hear from him for like a whole week. And I was like, dang, like we missed it. Like, oh, well, like whatever. And then like he called us uh, both and was like, yeah, guys, like great job. You got like, you got 90% of it right. I was really impressed. And we were like, ugh. And then, and then he was like, I would love for you guys to come back into the studio and like, let's see what we can do. And, uh, and then we're like, okay, great. So we went back in and like kind of did a couple more of those tests. He would throw random things at us and, um, just kind of see what our limits were and like what we could handle. And then kind of invited us to just like come to his studio and like work and learn, you know, and like take on like whatever projects he would have available for us to do. So, yeah. Wow. That's a good story. <laughs> it's so like everyone has felt what you felt, you know, in that week. Yeah, oh, yeah totally. It's so like yeah. immediately. It's, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like to answer your question, that's how we just, you know, naturally started working together. Yes, yeah. That's what the question was. Yeah. Oh, oh, so bef- this is it. Like that's so that the turning was, point. Like, was, okay, let's beat the wild cards. Well, we didn't even have a name. No, like yeah. how that happened was like, I think uh, we didn't have a name until last year. And uh, like Harvey was like, okay, I'm going to give you one week. You guys are going to come up with a name now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we couldn't decide. He was like, what are you going to call yourselves? And we we're like, I don't know. He was like, okay, you have one week and then I want to hear a name. And we we're like, okay, Harvey. <laughs> so, so now you, okay. So in this story, now you're like, Did you sign? Like, is he publishing? Yeah. So okay, we so, so we signed yeah. with him in uh like so like a kind of like a couple of months after like working at his studio he we signed with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he he like brings in brings you get or like brings sessions to the studio mm-hmm. and yeah. and that's how you like a lot of your work is done now or how do you like what's from from there is that how like he's like okay here's this new artist like today yeah so it's a combination of that he'll like he has artists that he brings in um and then a lot of it is like we have the freedom to go out and and find the people that we want to work with as well and just you know so we've done a lot of networking and just like finding artists that we want to work with finding writers and like a lot of it I think like the first year like in 2017 we were just we hadn't done writing sessions, you know, like Berkeley doesn't teach you how to do a writing session, especially an LA pop writing session. You know, that's like its own animal. Does any school? But no, yeah. no, <laughs> no, no school prepares you for real life. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so we were just trying to get our network together yeah. and we were, you know, so first you start with like meeting writers and just trying to find people to write with. And, uh, and then we slowly started to realize like, Hey, like, the chances of our song actually getting released are so much better when there's an artist in the room that is a part of the process. So then we kind of changed our focus. Like we got, you know, a couple of writers that we really liked and we were like, we love working with these people, kind of got our group and then moved on to like trying to find people that were releasing music, whether they were independent or had a label or whatever. Like we just wanted to have them in the room and like work with them. So bring them to your group basically. That's Mm -hmm. smart. Yeah, to really find the people that you love at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep, so important. Yeah. yeah. Are there any like old classmates of yours that are here or like yep. who you, who's your Christine bestie? Smith? Yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. She's great. <laughs> if Christine Smith's in the session, I know the song is going to like yes. turn out good. Yes. Like yeah. 100%. I can rely on her no matter yeah. what. She's yeah. super talented, like great songwriter, great singer, can sing like crazy, great, great human being. Yeah, just good person. 
Yeah. So if I'm an artist, comes into the room, uh, you guys are in the room, and maybe Christine's there too. <laughs> yeah. What does the session with the wild cards look like? What are your roles? And and yeah, from like from the from the time they walk in the door to like a finished song, what does that look like? I think um, every session is very different. Um, usually when the person comes in, we just feel it out how the person feels. So like we don't jump into music right away, I guess like everyone does. So like we, you know, we chit chat a little bit how you are and so on. And then, um, if the person is ready, we either have always like a little bit of prepared tracks Or if they want to start from scratch, which we've done lately a lot, mm -hmm. we start from scratch. Yeah. And if there is a um, co-write, so we are three or four people, right? Uh, then, for instance, like Sadie um, starts, um, you know, um, producing out the beats. And while she's doing it, I am... Drums? Kind of like, or like Exactly, the yeah, drums or... Yeah. Drum programming or whatever needs to happen. Exactly. And then in the meantime, I'm just kind of like this mediator, like, you know, just making sure everybody's good. You know, it's like more being a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, we, we have like shed so many tears. Sometimes <laughs> it started and ended with tears, which is like <laughs> one of my But in a good way. <laughs> like, nobody was in pain. Right, <laughs> right. No, but I think that's the beauty, you know, like so many. And also, usually our sessions are... Uh, 80% women only because like we are the producers and the artist and the co-write is also female exactly too. so yeah. yeah every session is different what would you say yeah I would say like that's pretty much how it is I think like we switch off um, kind of like handling the music part one person is like sitting there kind of like putting in their ideas like whoever's feeling the song more like sometimes I'm feeling the vibe more and Esther's not and sometimes she is and then I'm just like one of us is just switching off between the like kind of music making role and the, like the mediator role between the artist and what's happening in the music. And also like one of the things that we do is uh, we actually leave the room sometimes because like I feel like sometimes it's just too much so like to, to give it a little bit more space so when Sadie works on it and she feels it I I am out for about like 15 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And then like, you know, I come back and then we switch out because I feel like I'm gi I'm giving Sadie more the space if I'm like, you know, next to her. That could be also like intense for to for creative space. Um So both you guys do the tech, the, like the 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 engineering, right? Mm -hmm. Both of you guys like what what are your strengths in 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 yeah. as a team? And like how do you complement each other? I would say Sadie's definitely uh, more, she has more strength in engineering. She cuts the vocals. She does, you know, uh, Pro Tools. Um, I'm still behind. You're not I, uh, behind. <laughs> That's not true. But she she is like, uh, she mixes and masters. It's, she's really the expert. I would say I uh, focus myself heavily on instruments. Like, you know, play like a lot of things in um And like, I, I would say my strength would be as a vocal producing. I love vocal producing. Like when the moment is here to start cutting the vocals, like I'm all in it with my pen, with my, you know, like you just write everything down and like just coaching uh, and harmony and mel like, you know, harmonizing and like background vocals and everything. Oh my gosh, I could like go on and on and on. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the strengths are mutual, but then I don't know what, Yeah, I'd say definitely, yeah. like, uh, yeah, instrument-wise, like, you're definitely on the chords, like, way more 
and like coming up with the progression. I think like vocal producing we both love, but I think what makes you so good at it is like you're a great encourager. And like that's something that's like so like (laughs) I realized when I was like working with people, like they just need encouragement. And it's not like a fake, like, oh, you sound so good when they don't. Like it's just like kind of like, yeah, you can do it. Like I believe in you. And I think that just comes so genuinely from from you that it's like it's a great thing to have. And it's such a great thing to have, like for me, because I'm just sitting there focusing on like the technical stuff and like just making sure that's all accurate. And then Esther's back there, like really engaging with the artist, which is great because, you know, they they don't want to be left in limbo or like, you know, in silence with like, what did I do? Is this wrong? Like they need feedback constantly. So like she's there to provide that, which is awesome. And yeah, I think like that's kind of, it's a constant, we're just like balancing each other right. all the time. Yeah. I mean, with instruments, I also say, because, I mean, you are also multi-instrumentalist. So like, you know, she also does yeah. a lot and like she's very accurate like I'm not. Like I just, you know, put everything out there and it's like, okay, whatever. Your big but, picture and like detail. Right. She's oriented. very detail oriented. Mm, yeah. And so like she knows uh, what sounds good. She has a very great sense of music, I have to say. Like sometimes I, I don't I can't really hear it. So I think that's another thing that's really amazing about her. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you feel like is that helping your career to just be a team or somehow? Definitely, yeah, hundred percent. For sure. Yeah, really. Yeah, I would say like it really takes off the burden of like doing everything yourself. Like two heads is so much better than one. Yeah. Right. Mm. And I think we can also take on more projects. Like for instance, when we have to finish like five, six songs at the same time, like we just, you know, um, divide it and say, okay, you're going to do three, I'm going to do three. And then like, I feel like we can just get like also like a lot of things done. You get a lot of, you get someone else's perspective that you can really trust. Yeah. You know? And that's so hard these days. Like, you know, you just, it's like someone whose best interest is in you and your best interest is in them to do well. So that's really great to have. Yeah, you're working for a joint goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So that, all right, this is great. So now I wanted to talk a little bit uh, more tech with you guys. Um, what What equipment do you currently have in your studio and work with? My laptop. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of laptop? I use a MacBook Pro 2011, still going. Wow. Um, yep, put another hard drive in the CD player and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, and then what else? We uh, use, we, we use uh, the Rolly Seaboard a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like, are you asking about the end? Like, yeah, all the, like what you okay. guys play with. Okay. Uh, yeah, Rolly Seaboard, we, I love the equator a lot. Equator is the synth, the synth this, this, this VST that comes with it. Oh, okay. And it's just like, you know, you can just do so much with the 5D touch, like, you know, just making a lot of like weird stuff without like, you know, using like, you have to have four hands in order to do the knobs and like, you know, uh, like, yeah, automate for automation. Did you, you have to map things in Ableton for Rolly to work? No. Oh, so what we do is we record it in Logic. <laughs> and then we bounce it to audio and put it in Ableton. Right. And what's the reason for that again? Because I... it's a pain in the ass to use an Ableton. <laughs> Come on, Ableton, fix this, please. It's something about the mapping, right? Yeah, it's about. It yeah. is about. Right. Yep. Right. They don't have the three D touch mapped. Right. 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 I talked to them in that. Right. Right. And then we have um, the MIDI fighter. Yep, MIDI fighter is a good little drum programmer oh. from DJ Tech Tools. 
Um, just saw like a guy, Mad Zach, who's like a DJ, use that. And it's pretty cool. It has like little arcade buttons um, that like light up. Let's see. I mean, we use all of our instruments, like my violin, your guitar, bass. Uh-huh. What audio we interface do you have? Uh, we, we'll use like the Inbox Pro for like when we're recording in our home studio. Yeah. So we use that. It's I got that in Berkeley. That was a part of the package and I've never tried anything else because it works. You yeah. know? Yeah, Avid. So that's really handy. Uh-huh. Um, but in the studio, we are using the Duet a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use the uh-huh. Duet. What else? For like vocals and like sound effects and stuff, like I'll use a lot of vocal synth um, from Isotope. That's really a cool oh, yeah. thing. I've put a lot of that in our like stuff, just like making wacky sounds with my voice and like, you know, you don't really know it's like a vocal, but yeah, that's really cool. Um, and we also use like the turntable. Oh. Uh-huh. So like we sometimes like sample the sound into it and like uh, we just got into, you know, it's just so much fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. We use that a lot. What's your like your go to? Uh, what's your go to controller? Is this guy? Yeah, some audio so, when we're here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Can that's the go to controller, and yeah. like the small one um, that yeah, you we have, have that little one under there. Exactly. Which yeah, I forgot yeah. what it's called. Samsung. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Exactly. Samsung. Graphite. Just M25. like whatever works. Exactly. That's cheap. Honestly, right. yeah. I have like yeah. MIDI controllers. <laughs> like, can I put this in my backpack? And is it under fifty dollars? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. And with the bass, uh, we have like a four string and then five string. We just got a five string uh, from Fender. Thank you, Fender. Exactly. Ooh. Thank you, Fender. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we have a, um, a, a acoustic guitar from Yamaha. Right. Yep. And uh, now we just have to get an electric guitar. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then we're set. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So Sweet it's kind setup. of a basic overview. Yeah. It's just, we just, um, as I said, we are just starting out to setting this up so we don't have so many instruments, but um, there are many more to come. Sounds plenty though to, yeah. to start. <laughs> um, do you have like a go-to vocal chain that you always like oh, a common vocal Yeah. Chain? I think it's always... Sometimes it's it's been changing lately because we I think we just started using nectar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been like tweaking, you know, fiddling with that with a lot of like pop vocals. Um, you like it? I like it. I feel a little lazy though when I'm using <laughs> it. We should tell her like before the nectar, right? Like the ozone. So before yeah. that. I think it's really about. Um, it's not. It's not. Re- it doesn't have to be that fancy. Um, I think, like on the Carly Page song, uh, "Would You Understand?" I used. Uh, it was just very simple. It was just like a good EQ. I think it was the Ableton EQ. I use the Ableton EQ. I always cut off, cut off the low end, make sure that's good, and then I put like I use our compressor or our our which is like the waves compressor. Um, so I'll use that, compress it a little bit, not too much, maybe like negative two in gain reduction. And then um, I might have put like, sometimes I'll put like the, I think it was like Butch Vig has like a vocal uh, vocal plugin specifically for vocals and that's also a waves plugin so I might have put that on and that those plugins like whether it's like Butch Fig or like CLA um or 
uh, the Puig, Puig vocal chain. Like they all, they add like some kind of little sparkle that you want, like in pop stuff. So I'll, I put that on there, and then I put like parallel compression on her, and put like a decapitator on that parallel chain, like super hard compressed, and then like decapitator to add just like a little bit of distortion in to her vocal. And I think that was it. And then just like made sure it was like super loud, like really upfront in the mix. And then, yeah, I think that was it. But it was really simple. Yeah, it's not like really complicated. And then it's just finding like the right reverbs. That's always the trickiest part for me is like getting the right reverb. And that's why I like Nectar so much because they add that like really nice, uh, like it's a super short tail. It's not like you, it just sits so well that you don't really notice it, you know. And then when you want to notice it, you put something like Valhalla or like. Valhalla with like H delay um, coming after it or before, you know, whatever you want to like add that like more spacey ambient vibe. But like, yeah, just getting that like right kind of pop room reverb is like sometimes hard, I think. But Nectar does it so well. Yeah. And you guys, you you mix yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you master yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Sadie's the master. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When did With you get your ears and your perspective? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did you get into like? How did you get into that part? Because that's like a whole uh, separate profession. <laughs> I know. Right? I don't know. Like nowadays, I feel like it's so like you kind of have to know how to mix as a producer because like people are so um, they can't. Nobody can hear a diamond in the rough anymore. It has to sound good immediately. And if it doesn't sound good, like they don't think it's a good song, which sucks. But like, you know, whatever. That's how it is. And so I think like, I think I was always obsessed with like, I want this to sound as good as what the what I'm hearing from other records. And, and so even when I just started producing, like I was into mixing because um, it's just very rare that you can just put a bunch of sounds together and they're going to sound good without you like tweaking the EQ or like compressing it or adding distortion or saturation or doing something like you, you know, panning or like just volume tweaking. You can't, unless it's like you're completely organic and you're, it's just a guitar and vocal or piano and vocals, or it's a very natural setup, but like a lot of everything is a hybrid or completely digital. So you have to like do a little bit of mixing and I think I just like it. So I just get more and more into it. You know, the more I, the more we started like writing songs and producing, like the more I was like just getting into it and I wanting think, to do it. Sorry. I think I remember her saying sometimes therapeutical. <laughs> she, she said that and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> For me, I can't. Because you just like clean it up and you make everything the same color and like get it like, I don't know. It's just like so nice. It's like my OCD. <laughs> But it's also like, I have to say, when you first start producing, right, then, mm. and you sit there with Ableton, and you just learned Ableton maybe, yeah. you know, and then you're just like, nothing sounds good. But actually, maybe what you're doing is not too bad, but if it doesn't, you know, right. I, totally. I feel like that's what's the, the most discouraging thing for a lot yeah. of people. Well, the, yeah, just like making the sound, making it sound like you want to, and that's, a lot of that is then the mixing. Yeah. You know, so I, right. I remember like when I first, that's what first discouraged me like mm. a lot. And yeah. not until I took like mixing classes, focused, yeah. classes focused on mixing. Yeah, I was totally. like, oh my God, like what I did was fine. Just, I just didn't know how to make it sound. Right. I, yeah. Know, totally. 100%. Yeah. Just did you guys have like a specific aha moment in your music career that was like, oh my God, that unlocked a level of your 
selves or like your confidence in music or something? I guess like I have to say uh, one thing was watching. There's a one of Harvey's engineers, Andrew Hay, uh, is just like he's he's an amazing engineer. I think he must be like literally one of the best engineers yes. in the country. Like, and you don't know him. Like, he's not out there like you know boasting about himself, but like he's literally, no doubt, like one of the best ever. Like probably globally too. And it's, and and the reason he's so good is because he's not only like the fastest person on Pro Tools ever and the most efficient person, he's also super musical. So he can hear exactly when someone, you know, in a whole band or whatever, orchestra or, you know, harmony, vocal harmonies, anything, he can hear immediately when the note is wrong. He knows exactly what to do. And he also like can arrange vocals, produce vocals, create crazy harmonies. He plays guitar. He plays bass. He's like, he's just this one man show. And I think like watching him produce vocals and seeing his vocal template, I was like, oh, that's that's how you do it. That's how you cut vocals in a really efficient manner. And it, it might, it's not like, you know, this is the only way to do it. I'm not saying that, but it was just like, I think I had been lost in like doing like tons and tons of takes and then you sift you spend hours sifting through all these takes and it takes you forever to like comp a vocal you know and watching him do it they have this template where they have it's so genius what they have set up and and they just he just goes through and gets the vocals and he's comping like on the fly so like we're going through and we might just do a verse section. You know, if it's a typical pop song, you'll take it section by section. So we'll start with the verse and we'll just go through a couple of lines of the verse and he's putting it down like take one, that was good. Take two, that was good. Too. And there's like these four take tracks. And then he's keeping mental notes in his head like this word from the first take was good and this word from the second take was good and this last the last half was from four. He's was crazy. Really so he's just popping them up there as they go. He knows like, okay, that was good. He's like, great, like do this, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, so the singer has no idea what's going on. They're just like being produced and like they don't know what all the action that's happening. And then it's like, okay, great. We got the verse. Move on to the pre. Do that. Move on the course. Same thing. And then it's like you're at the end of the song and he has the whole perfectly comp vocal ready to go. And it's like, okay, let's listen to the song. And then you listen back to it and it's like, Done. Oh my gosh! It's it's an um, unbelievable experience if you watch it. It's like oh my gosh, your jaw is dropping. <laughs> You're like seriously. It, and I think that kind of opened up. Yeah, the light bulb for me. I was yeah. like, this is amazing. Yeah, it's so great yeah. to, to 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 cut like that. It's just so efficient. Um, people aren't waiting on you forever. And like you have, it's just so efficient. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you very know, efficient, and yeah. you're getting a great vocal at the same time. Because mm-hmm. they're not, they don't know what's going on. They're not o- being overwhelmed by the amount of information that you're like processing. They're just like doing four takes, you know, or five takes if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's a good point because like um, Andrew, like he's also not only a great engineer, but a really great teacher. So like we would just like, yeah, really bug him like, you know, many times. Like, hey, like, can you just, you know, 
show us that. So like I, I was struggling with like all the nuances and the vocals. I couldn't hear the difference, you know, with the scoops in and out and everything. And like one day he yeah. came into the room and showed us like all the different songs from like the 80s, 70s, 90s, and 2000s. Where they're singing without auto-tune. Without like auto-tune, you know. Right. <laughs> and then he was saying, you know what, Esther, um, start uh, listening f- l- like phrase by phrase. I've never done that in my life. So like I started listening um, like literally phrase by phrase, um, every phrase like five to ten times for one song. And after I did that exercise, like literally my brain really opened up. It was like, oh my gosh, I start hearing, you know, I started hearing the difference of their vocals, how they sing it. So like, yeah, really like um, thanks to Andrew, like we really learned not only how to vocal produce, but really my my, uh, passion also like in Sadie's as well. Yeah, in for, vocal producing, yeah. how to get the best out of it of, of a person, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I think. Yeah, I guess that was like one moment, one aha. Yeah, that was a really great moment. aha moment. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, thanks for sharing. That's Of course. Now we all want to go visit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it is an issue. Yeah, really. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about the business side. Uh, did you encounter any challenges in the music industry? And if so, how did you overcome it or any advice around it that could be valuable to our listeners to hear? Um, yeah, I would say there's a lot. And I think when you get into this industry, like you're really not prepared for how like tough it is and, and just how like easily you can get taken advantage of. Like that's one thing like that I just did not, I thought I knew and you think you know, then it just, you you know, it's just going to happen to you. It's just going to happen to everybody coming into this industry. And like, that's the tough part when you realize that you've been like taken advantage of or betrayed from somebody that you totally thought was something else. And like, that's just the worst. And I think like, you know, for me, like it's been, I've had to like really check myself and be like, am I going to let myself become a bitter and resentful person and kind of like turn into that type of person that I, you know, so was so like angry at or like who betrayed me. And like, you kind of have to like, it's hard to like choose the right, path I think and like not become bitter and resentful and try to get back at them or get revenge and you know I'm still like learning that and still like dealing with that now and just like trying to figure out like you know get all of that out and just be grateful for what I have for where I am like what I'm doing and like just be grateful I think is that's what you got to do and I think like also just know your worth Like, I think that's a big thing that I wish I had, like, known coming into this industry. Like, sometimes somebody hands you an opportunity and you're just like, oh, my God, like, they're so nice to me. And it's like, that is not true. These people in this industry, the reason they are working with you is because you are good and they see the talent in you. And they would have nothing to do with you if you weren't talented and you need to know that. If you're getting into this industry or you're in this industry now, you, like, need to know your worth. Like, you know, if somebody's working with you, it's not because they like you necessarily. It's because you're also really talented. And, like, that's one thing I could have, like, owned and known in the beginning, I think, and would have, like, helped me a lot more, you know, just being confident in general. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, I have a thought, but maybe we are thinking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> what we I are. Get a lawyer. Yes, get a lawyer. Oh. Get a lawyer. Gets, or if you can't afford a lawyer, always get somebody to read your contract for you. Or go to a um, evening uh, UCLA extension class of like you know entertainment law. Like do yeah. something about do it. Do something. Get a lawyer. Yep, hundred percent. Don't get taken advantage of. That's great advice. Yeah, it's overlooked, and like people really. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, you think like the stories of like in the past of how like artists got their copyrights stolen and everything, like, and that's of the past. That still, that stuff happens like today all the time, yeah. and it's because people don't protect themselves. Yeah, and it's like you don't don't rely on your education or your school to do that for you. Like they're not going to do that. You know, you yeah. you gotta like protect yourself and like get somebody that because even if you're reading that contract, you're not gonna understand it. You need to get somebody to help you. Yeah. And that's what I would do hundred percent if I was starting out. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, um as a as a final note, I would like to just ask if you have a favorite quote that keeps you going on a dark day. That you pasted up somewhere. I actually, uh, I mean, I have so many quotes, but my latest quote is, um, I'm so bad with him, but there's this philanthropist. And he said, uh, when you combine passion with um, your talent, you will create a masterpiece. So like, that was the quote that I read yesterday. So that that's what I am holding on to. So that I can really always like check up on myself, like, is this what I really love, you know? And then not being lazy and just keep going with production. Hmm. I think for me, and this is just like so personal, I don't know if it's helpful, but like, and I forget the guy's name, some Greek philosopher, but it's like, it's just very simple. It's like, rule your mind or it will rule you. And, you know, that's just for me, it's like I have the habit of, letting myself focus on the negative and um boy that will just take over and like ruin the whole day for you if you let that happen and you really do let it happen so I think for me it's just like I've had to just be like nope we're not gonna go there just like I'm in control of at least my emotions you know and just like keep that in check and just keep going even if it is a shit day like you just gotta get through it tomorrow's gonna be better so, yeah, that's something I, like, have to, you know, and I certainly do not do it perfectly. Like, that is something I'm working on a lot these days. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this has been a pure pleasure. Thank you so much for having me <laughs> in your you. studio. And thanks for sharing so much amazing wisdom and knowledge. And we're really excited to have you as guests. And we wish you all the best of luck in the Thank future. Thank you so much for Thank having you. us. This is such a joy. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this is amazing. Thank you. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in and soaking up all this knowledge. We have a lot of info about this and previous episodes on our website, www.prodbyher.com. And if you have any questions, you can reach out via our website or Instagram account, Prod by Her. All right, till next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.